Amen. That was awesome. You know, James just saying, let your love shine through. And that's really what this season is about. It's about letting his love shine through wherever you are. Amen. So Hanukkah begins tonight at sundown. And you know, it's really one of my favorite holidays. Is there anyone who has never celebrated Hanukkah? Put your hand up. There are a few. Okay, well, you're going to learn some things today. And hopefully by the end of this week, you will say, I've celebrated Hanukkah. And you'll know why that's important. So our message this morning is Hanukkah for the year 2021, celebrating Jesus, the light of the world. Amen. Well, we want to welcome you to our Hanukkah celebration for the year 2021. And Hanukkah is a wonderful celebration. It's a celebration of God's protection. It's a celebration of miracles. And coming in the month of Kislev, which is the darkest month of the year, Hanukkah is a wonderful celebration of light. Now, a lot of Christians don't know much about Hanukkah. Some people think of Hanukkah as just a Jewish holiday. You know, Christians have Christmas, Jews have Hanukkah. But see, if you really understand Hanukkah, you'll see that Hanukkah is also for Christians. In fact, Hanukkah is a great blessing for Christians. In Hanukkah, we celebrate Jesus as the light of the world. It's the festival of light. And see, that's what Jesus is. In John chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overpower it. The true light coming into the world enlightens all mankind. Now let's look at some more reasons why Hanukkah should be a great celebration for Christians. First of all, a lot of Christians don't realize Hanukkah is not an Old Testament feast. As a matter of fact, Hanukkah is never mentioned in the Old Testament, but it is found in the New Testament. In John chapter 10, Jesus celebrates Hanukkah, and he even gives a Hanukkah message. Jesus' Hanukkah message is John 10, 22 through 38. And it says, then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. That feast was Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the Hebrew word for dedication. It says it was winter, and Jesus was in the temple walking in Solomon's colonnade. And the Judeans gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. And my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. 
My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And again the Judeans picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of those do you stone me? Well, we're not stoning you for any of those, replied the Judeans, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. And Jesus answered them, do not believe me unless I do what the Father does. But if I do it, even though you don't believe me, believe the miracles that you may know that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Now this passage shows that Hanukkah was a very special feast to Jesus. He went out of his way to identify himself with the feast of Hanukkah. See, Hanukkah is not just for Jews, it's a celebration for everyone who knows the God of Israel. Let's look at the story of Hanukkah, how, Hanukkah, how this feast began. And the story of Hanukkah begins with a war. There was a satanic attack on God's people. In 167 BC, the Greek ruler Antiochus Epiphanes decreed that all of his subjects must convert to the pagan Greek religion. And at that time, Israel was under the domination of the Greek Empire. And this brought a time of terrible persecution for all who followed God. Antiochus forbade the worship of the true God. He outlawed the temple sacrifices. The Greeks tortured and murdered many who would not convert. Parents were killed for circumcising their sons. Antiochus then defiled the temple. He set up a statue of Zeus in the Holy of Holies. He sacrificed a pig on the altar. Now the good news is in this time of crisis, God raised up a triumphant reserve. A Greek official, you know, God always has a triumphant reserve. And a Greek official came to the town of a priest named Mattathias. And he set up an altar to a pagan god and he ordered Mattathias to offer a sacrifice on it. And Mattathias refused. He said, though all the nations under the king's dominion obey him, yet I and my sons will walk in the covenant of our fathers. And when another Jew stepped forward to offer the pagan sacrifice, Mattathias took out his sword and killed him. And then Mattathias and his sons attacked the Greek official and killed him too. And that was a declaration of war. Judah, the son of Mattathias, led a small band of Jews against the powerful Greek armies. Now, Judah's nickname was Maccabee. And in Hebrew, that word means the hammer. So Judah, the hammer, Maccabee. Maccabee was an acrostic for the phrase, who is like you among the gods, O Lord? And that was Judah's battle cry as they would run into battle against the Greek troops. They would be shouting, who is like you among the gods, O Lord? And amazingly, Judah and his followers defeated the armies of Greece in 165 B.C. 
It was a miraculous victory. Now, having driven off the enemy, Judah's next goal was to restore the temple. And he cleansed it. He removed every trace of defilement. He repaired everything that had been damaged. And finally, he proclaimed a great feast to rededicate the temple to the Lord. That was the first Hanukkah. The people gathered in Jerusalem for the feast of dedication. But when the time came to light the temple menorah, they only found enough oil to light it for one day. And it would take eight days to consecrate more oil. But they lit it by faith. And a miracle happened. The oil burned for eight days. It was a miracle of multiplication. It was like Elisha and the widow's oil. It was like Jesus with the loaves and the fishes. They were amazed. Let me show you what that would have meant to the Jews. So let's imagine that your cell phone is at 10%. The dreaded low battery notice pops up. But then your phone keeps on running for eight more days. That's, if, you, if you know what that would feel like, then you know what Hanukkah was. To the Jews, Hanukkah was an amazing miracle. Hanukkah is called the Feast of Lights. It's celebrated with a special menorah called a Hanukkah. Instead of the seven branches that a normal menorah has, a Hanukkah or a Hanukkah menorah has nine branches. And there's one candle for every day the oil multiplied, and then there's one servant candle that's used to light all the others. So lighting the Hanukkah every night during the feast is a celebration that our God is a God of miracles. Now the message of Hanukkah was very important to Jesus. What is the message of Hanukkah? Hanukkah, first of all, it's that God protects his people. Hanukkah celebrates a supernatural victory. Satan tried to destroy God's people, but God saved his people and they triumphed. So a key part of Hanukkah is this, that knowing that God protects those who belong to him. And that's what we see in Jesus' Hanukkah message in John chapter 10. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. He says, I am the protector of my people. So God protects his people. Another part of the message of Hanukkah is God wants to restore his temple. You know, Judah Maccabee's highest priority was to see the temple cleansed and God's presence restored. So he removed all the idols. He removed all the impurity. He rebuilt and restored everything that was lost. And then he rededicated it to the Lord. And he led a joyful celebration to welcome the presence of God back into their midst. So Hanukkah celebrates the restoration of God's temple. That's another reason why Hanukkah was a special feast to Jesus. Notice where Jesus went to celebrate Hanukkah. It says in John 10, then came the feast of Hanukkah at Jerusalem. It was winter 
And Jesus was in the temple. See, the temple was a special place to Jesus. Jesus honored the temple. He called it my father's house. And the restoration of the temple was always close to his heart. You know, Jesus wanted God's temple restored. At the very beginning of his ministry in John chapter 2, one of the first things Jesus did was to go and cleanse the temple. It says he made a whip out of cords and drove money changers from the temple. You know, I saw a thing on Facebook that said, what would Jesus do? Using a whip and overturning tables is part of the picture. But he says, how dare you turn my father's house into a market? And then the disciples remembered, zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus was consumed by zeal for his father's house. Then at the very end of his ministry, as he goes, after he comes into Jerusalem and the triumphal entry just before the crucifixion, he does it again. It says in Mark 11, Jesus entered the temple and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he said, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. Jesus had a zeal to see his temple restored. And you know, Jesus still wants to restore his temple. And now you are God's temple. Tell your neighbor, you're the temple now. You are God's temple individually. In 1 Corinthians 6, says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. God wants your body to be the place where his glory is manifested in the earth. He wants to heal your body of sickness. He wants to cleanse you of sin and impurity. God wants to fill you and empower you so his light will shine through you to the world. But we're also God's temple corporately. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you, the church, are a temple of God? And the Spirit of God dwells in you. We're here gathered together as his temple. God created the church to be a temple made of living stones. Tell your neighbor, you're a living stone. <laughs> designed to host God's glory in the earth. To use another picture, God created the church to be a wineskin, to hold the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And within that wineskin, the apostolic fivefold ministers would equip every believer to minister, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to give prophetic words, to do the works of Jesus. And as every believer was equipped to do the works of Jesus, the church became a mighty army in the earth. But in the dark ages, paganism was brought into the church and God's glory departed. And the church became an old wineskin that could not hold God's new wine. But we are living in a time where God is restoring his temple. He is restoring the apostolic. He is restoring fivefold ministry. Believers, believers are again being equipped to minister. The church is again becoming a place of miracles. God is making the church into a new wineskin, a temple to house his glory 
in the earth. The restoration of God's temple is part of the message of Hanukkah. So God protects his people. God wants to restore his temple. But Hanukkah also serves to remind us we serve a God of miracles. When Judah chose to honor God by restoring the temple, God showed up and miracles were released. And so Hanukkah is a celebration of God's miracles. When you choose to honor God, miracles happen. There's a Hanukkah blessing that Jews pray every year when they light the Hanukkah candles. They say, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who performed miracles for our fathers at this season. Hanukkah is a time to teach your children about God's miracles. The Jews have devised this little game. There's a little top that the children play with. It's called a dreidel. It's a four-sided top, and there's a different Hebrew letter on each side. And those Hebrew letters form an acrostic for the phrase, a great miracle happened here. And so every year as the children play the dreidel game, there's a reminder, a great miracle happened here. And see, God wants us to remember his miracles. And again, that was part of the theme of Jesus' Hanukkah message. In John 10, 25, he said, the miracles that I do in my Father's name speak for me. In John 10, 32, I have shown you many great miracles. John 10, 38, even if you don't believe me, believe the miracles. See, as we celebrate God's great miracles in the past, Faith is released to trust God for miracles now. So the message of Hanukkah is God protects his people. God wants to restore his temple. We serve a God of miracles. And finally, it is a celebration of light. Light shining in the darkness. And so we have a festival of lights in the Israel prayer garden every year just to celebrate Hanukkah. It's an incredible time. It's beautiful. If you've never been there, plan on coming. We want to invite you to join us for the Festival of Lights this year. It'll be in the Israel Prayer Garden starting at 6 p.m. next Sunday, December 5th. There's no charge for admission. Just come and enjoy and praise the Lord. Now, the message of Hanukkah is light always overcomes darkness. John 1 says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But in Matthew 5, 14, he said, you are the light of the world. See, Jesus wants to put his light on you so you can shine wherever you go. Now, the Hanukkah gives us a beautiful picture of Jesus as the light of the world. The first candle lit every night is called the servant candle. Now, in the seven-branch menorah in the temple, the center lamp was called the lamp of the Lord. But in the nine-branched Hanukkah, the central lamp is called the servant See, Jesus is the Lord, but he came as a servant to lay down his life and release God's blessing in the earth. So the servant candle is a picture of Jesus. The servant candle is then used to light all of the other candles. 
Each night of Hanukkah, an additional candle is added until all are lit. And as you go through Hanukkah and you see one candle after another added, all of them burn. It pictures Jesus' light spreading through the world. Now, there's another reason Hanukkah is important for Christians. And to explain it, I want to answer the question, when was Jesus born? Now, we know he was not born on December 25th because shepherds don't keep their flocks into fields in Palestine in late December. And some say, well, we can't really know when he was born, but maybe we can. In Luke 1.5, there's a little phrase that most people just don't even pay attention to. It says, Zechariah, the father of John the baptizer, was a priest of the order of Aviah. Now, why in the world would they use up space on the page to tell us what order of the priesthood Zechariah was in? Well, in 2 Chronicles 24, it says the priest of the order of Aviah served in the temple during the 12th through the 18th day of Sivan, which is in our month of June. We're told in Luke that while he was serving in the temple during that time period, the 12th through the 18th of Sivan, an angel appeared to him and told him that when he went home, his wife would get pregnant and give birth to John the baptizer, the forerunner of the Messiah. Now let's look at this and see what this tells us about when Jesus was born. If the angel appears to Zechariah on the 12th through the 18th of, uh, of the month of Sivan, on the 18th, he finishes his week, he packs up, heads back to his hometown to see his wife. Now, assuming he gets busy on the angelic assignment right away, <laughs> it would not be too inconceivable to think that Elizabeth would conceive around the 25th of Sivan. Now, if, if Elizabeth had a normal pregnancy of 285 days, then John the baptizer would have been born on the 15th day of the month of Nisan. Now, that just happens to be Passover. You know, it's interesting. Jews have a tradition all over the world that John the Baptist, I mean, that Elijah might show up at Passover. A lot of Jews set an extra seat at the table for the Passover meal just in case Elijah shows up. And so it's very appropriate, I think, that John the baptizer who was sent in the power and name of Elijah, in the spirit of Elijah, would come at Passover. Now Luke 136 says Elizabeth was six months pregnant when Jesus was conceived. Now if Elizabeth conceived on Sivan the 25th, her sixth month would have begun on the 25th day of the month of Kislev, which just happens to be Hanukkah. Now, if Mary conceived on the 25th of Kislev, and Mary had a normal pregnancy of 285 days, then Jesus would have been born on the 15th day of Tishri. Now, that's not Christmas. That's the Feast of Tabernacles. John 1 says, The Word was made flesh 
and tabernacled among us. So Jesus was probably not born at Christmas, but he was probably conceived at Hanukkah, at the Feast of Lights, in the midst of a celebration of the miracles of God. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary's womb and Jesus, the light of the world, was conceived. So the message of Hanukkah is this. God takes care of his people. Thank him that you are under his protection. Say, Lord, thank you. You're watching out for me. Next, God wants his temple restored. Thank him that you are his temple. He wants to restore you. He is restoring his church. Three, God is a God of miracles. Thank him that he's a living God who works in power. This is a season to expect miracles. If you need a miracle, pray to him, go to him, come with faith and expectancy to see miracles break loose. And finally, Jesus is the light of the world. Hanukkah is a time to let his light shine. See, at Christmas, we remember how Jesus came. He was born of a virgin. He was placed in a manger. He was proclaimed by angels. And he was worshipped by the wise men. But at Hanukkah, we celebrate why he came. Jesus came to be the light of the world. And I believe Hanukkah is a key celebration for the church today. Hanukkah celebrates what God is doing in his church right now. God is restoring his temple. He is raising up his triumphant reserve. He wants us to demonstrate his power through a manifestation of miracles. And he's calling us to shine his light into a world that's full of darkness. So I want to encourage you to celebrate Hanukkah this year. This year, Hanukkah, Hanukkah begins tonight, November 28th, at sundown. Each night of Hanukkah, light a menorah, or light a Hanukkah. You can use nine small candlesticks, or you can get a real Hanukkah. A lot of stores carry Hanukkahs this time of year. We have them here at the Global Sphere Center. You can get them online. Amazon calls them Hanukkah menorahs. But as you light the candle each night, declare Jesus is the light of the world. And as you go through the week of Hanukkah, let God build your faith for miracles. Lord, we thank you that a great miracle happened here. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of miracles. You are a God of light shining in the darkness. Lord, you want to place your glory and your presence within your people to shine forth your glory wherever they go. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Hanukkah. We bless you and we bless each one here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up. There were so many, it was beyond nuggets that Robert shared. But early on when you were sharing, Robert, when you were talking about the Jews, when they had oil for one day, Robert said something that struck me. And for many of us, when we don't have something or we don't expect something that can go on and last, 
we clench up, we tighten up, we don't want to invest or give what we have. But the Jews, Robert said, five words, they lit it by faith. There's a charge for each of us in this atmosphere in a time that we're celebrating the light when we're expecting miracles to step out and walk by faith. During this Hanukkah week, eight days to celebrate, we have a choice. Your cell phone, if you thought you only had 10% in it, you might think, well, I'll turn it off and a couple hours later, I'll turn it on, I'll check if I have a message or I have to make an important call, I'll turn it off again. But the Jews, they lit it by faith. Father, we thank you for an atmosphere of faith. For each one here, for each of you joining by web, we say there is faith to light what you need to light, to believe what you need to believe, to engage in that conversation, to go to that place, to believe for change, for restoration, for healing, for miracles, for light, for salvation. Lord, we're honored that you would meet with your people, that you'd pour out your light, your presence. And we ask this week that you'd send us forth, that we would go forth as messengers choosing to walk by faith. In Jesus' name, amen.